1: Yo yo yo! You want to know something?
0: What? You want to know how powerful the head on that beer was last week?
1: Yeah. How powerful was it? Wait a minute. This is like a Johnny Carson joke. How powerful was it? So powerful. It's still in my cup. Wow. And I guess the next question is, why would head be in your cup? I mean, athletic supporters. You don't play any hockey or baseball anymore, do you? Mm, Not even going to distinguish that remark with a comment. Okay. Yeah, all right then. I'm just going to get a little more comfortable You're, you're over taking the show
0: into the gutter, you know that. Yeah, the last couple of weeks I've been... Uh, Your gutter mouth. My you're, mind is you're, a blank. Your blockles. You're
1: potty mouth. <laughs> you know, we always forget to give props to Alan Holdsworth for letting us play uh, his tunes. Did I say that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we always forget to talk about him. His his website is, what is it, The therealalanholdsworth.com. We played right. him last week. He's touring Japan right now. Well, apparently somebody grabbed the domain, and he didn't feel like going through the legal uh, battle, so he bought the domain, the real AlanHoldsworth dot com. And he's touring Japan right now. I think he's in. Uh, where is he in tonight? Hiroshima, <laughs> Nagasaki. I, I don't know
0: where he is, but uh, throughout January he was going through Japan. I don't. Think Wherever
1: he's... he is, he's playing the hell out of that guitar. That's for sure. Yeah, he's making it cry. It, it's gently weeping. George Harrison, he ain't, but then again, George Harrison ain't Alan Holdsworth. So. <laughs> no, George Harrison is quite dead, but... Not uh, even Ringo is Alan
0: Holdsworth. No, Ringo was, was the most literate Beatle, I think. Uh, actually, if you go to the com, I think you'll find porn. <laughs> and as I mentioned, uh, I think in the show when we were talking about Top Gear, unlike his father, uh, Zach Starkey is a drummer.
1: I actually still want to know if uh, Josh Brolin calls uh, Barbara Daddy or Mommy. Daddy would even be kinky or Mommy. If he calls her Daddy, there's some weird stuff going on. He, I
0: think he you know, gets inside of a case and he's got a ball gag in his mouth. He's, he's the, <laughs> like the gimp from Pulp Fiction. Right. So, wow. What's going on? Anything new? Absolutely nothing. I think the last time we talked, absolutely nothing has changed other than uh, the time on the clock. And the day on the
1: calendar. Mm-hmm. Well, virtually (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely John's wearing his bass guitar for this show I don't quite know why Well, I was
0: screwing around with it before we started the show And then I sat down and I forgot to take it off And it was just too much of a hassle Prove
1: to him you're wearing it Let's hear a little something there Let's hear a little note There it is There it is The high G-string It's a G-string, all right. You said something about the G-clef It was circling the G-string? Yes Yes It's kinky. There's been a lot of G-string notes or jokes, rather, being made in my presence lately because I was at a friend's house the other day showing her some of my favorite YouTube music videos. And one of my favorite pieces of music is Bach, Air on a G-string. And, of course, everybody had to, you know, crack jokes about Air on a G-string. Air on a G-string. Yes. That's got to be painful. Perhaps, perhaps, depends I, on the compressor. You know, I found a, a video and I sent you a link to it. I, I, you probably only watched it for a second, but somebody put a YouTube video up that was designed just for me. It was called "Boobs and Bach." Well, you know, I did watch the entire video, oh. and I was
0: waiting for what does this mean? I was looking for meaning in the video, and apparently there was none. And Except maybe that's, in the title. Yeah. Maybe that's exactly why
1: it was perfect for you. She was well endowed, and they were playing some really bad electric piano Bach for the score, but nonetheless, you know, I have a German friend, and he, uh, he and his college friends started like the three B club and beer and breasts were two of the Bs. And I forget what the uh, third B was, but now we can add a fourth because Bach needs to be in there as well. Johan Sebastian. I'm, th- I'm thinking what a good B would be.
0: Can't get one. Can't, no. I can't think of any Bs that are important.
1: Yeah. Beyond those first two. <laughs> well, if you were a gangbanger, you could.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Bitches. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. I didn't say that. Mm, if I was a pimp, that's right. If I was pimp style, that's right. So uh, nothing else for the intro. No, I'm I'm flat out broke with flat ideas. Are we gonna play a tune, but we do have plenty of tunes, and this one uh, will probably get your toes a tapping and your feet uh humming. All
1: right, let's check it out.
2: Miguel certainly has some of that fa- fa- famous Latin stuff. Oh, stop, stop- domina. I'm quite exhausted. Hey. My system is completely overloaded, you know? My memory is full. Delete all data. Are you sure? Game. Much grieving, though I tend to always lay back. There's no chance to, and I hate that. I don't believe it's just for no reason. Losing my freedom, stop what I'm needing. I don't want to let this happen, cause I want happiness to step up. My passion the people ain't cheating, the people deceiving, the people I'm leaving, cause it gets my last bit of pleasure. There's no point in bearing that pressure, so I still need it. I can breathe, because I'm weeding, after leaving. Just taking myself a vacation, my mind is begging for recapture. My slang ding ding ding. connecting with music with my SICD. And I dig it a wire to DCD. We dig. I'm big remaster from the analog. Cable and wireless. Use my T-Mobile. Von Tag, Tag zu Tag, Tag, Tag immer mehr seltsam Es passiert so viel nach außen hin, soll's wohl gut sein Doch schau nicht hinter die Kulissen, sie könnten voller Rutsam Eichen über Leichen, Korruption, soweit das Auge reicht zurück ins Haus gehalten. Sie können nichts dafür, das Sinkvergib ihnen zuvor. Es wird keine Meldung kommen, retryable. Keep it in your sling, I ah, am memory is full. So me switch and the shutdown boat, me keep it cool. I ah, am soul is a place that you just can't rule. I don't listen to them, right, right, so I suspect it. Stop by meditation, we your conversation I think from a talking is it's just the same that I get from all them radio stations Sometimes I am Asian keeps a dead vibration Sorry my peeps but you know I need my celebration System overload
1: Reggae band in the
0: world <laughs> I don't know if they're The whitest reggae band In the world They've got probably uh, The majority of their members Being white Have you seen a picture? Uh, I think I have
1: At one point or another And are they white? Most of them yeah. They play gay reggae though I mean just It doesn't exclude you For being a good Reggae band. No no player. not at all Well it's kind of like The police They're all white not a bit of reggae in most of their music <laughs> i mean well, it's, it's there's a lot of
0: loosely, reggae in the early stuff loosely based on reggae it's reggae influenced it's reggae infused and then they kind of it's a new wave reggae it's exactly what it was new wave
1: Yeah, exactly
0: that was the word coined in the early 80s yeah so that that tune was system overload by Gemin incorporated i don't Gemin inc german you know guys what? i think i'm going to check with the uh, the authorities and the banks to see if they really have incorporated them themselves yeah that's probably a good idea Need to I, them. I want to find out who the CEO of uh, Jammin Incorporated is.
1: Well, while, while you're on that, find out who the CT and CFO are as well. What's the CFO for? Chief Financial Officer? Oh, I
0: thought it was something else. <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> Chief Freakout. Oh, there you go. Yeah. A lot of companies have yeah. that. That office is usually no, built you know by what? Javier Bardem, actually. Most
0: companies have someone freaking out. Chiefly.
1: Correct. So- Something we've been wanting to talk about for quite a while now. I don't want to talk about it. What are we going to talk about then? I don't know.
0: I, I want to avoid this situation. I want to, I want to avoid it because uh, it prevents uh, the topic.
1: That's a good point. <laughs> Not talk, talking about the topic avoids talking about the topic. <laughs> Let me write that down. Wait a minute. Hang on. I gotta, gotta. Well, you know, I've got words of wisdom at any juncture. I'm writing. Hang on. That's
0: a good sound effect. Did you sample that? At, no, I'm writing I'm writing right now. Words, you know, if we don't talk oh, about... Oh, I, I was wondering how you actually got the visuals to match up with the sound. You're actually doing that. All right, I got it.
1: So what's the to- topic? <laughs> Squiggles. Yes. <laughs> the topic is what? The topic is closure. What is yes. closure? Does closure exist? What the F is closure? You know, I, I went through a slightly traumatic thing a few months ago and uh, basically being abandoned at the altar... Uh, by the woman who was supposed to marry me. And my friends and I were like, you know, having actually John was a part of this, but he wasn't the one who said this. I have a friend who's kind of, um, she does the whole nurturing thing. You know, she's kind of a counselor, a life coach type person. Yeah. I'm not a nurturer. Exactly. And you're not a woman either. So that immediately rules you out. Last time the, I checked. The person that I was talking to was a woman. But, you know, she was talking about these things we could do to move toward closure. You know, so I was I was, you know, I'm oh, I'm 41 years old. I've, I've suffered loss before in my life. And never once have I found a technique that moves me to toward closure. You know what I mean? I mean, it would be a wonderful thing. You know, you 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 put your heels together you do a dance you spin around three times you say hell Mary whatever and suddenly the sense of loss is gone
0: well for me my perception of, of this concept of closure is is all about uh, being ready for something instead of having something catch you off guard because it, so you want to be preemptively closured no 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 I'm just I'm just saying the way that I feel that that uh, closure could even be possible if it were possible in any situation. Is you're ready for it, you expect it. The thing happens, and then you are able to I don't know prepare your reaction or deal with your reaction. So in your case, if you knew something was happening, you knew something was impending, then you wouldn't feel this sense of openness at the end. This this sense of uh, now what where where most openness people, being non closure? Yeah, non closure where and that's when people talk about this 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 idea of closure because they were caught off guard and they don't have like this you know final scene where the credits roll where they say that's the end of it.
1: No, I get that every day actually. <laughs> well, every day. Of my when you go life to sleep, a...
0: you actually see the credits rolling on each day? Every, no, people just make movies about me. Who's the, who's the best about... boy and who's the gaffer? People make movies about me all the time and there's just lots of credits rolling. Well, you know, if you're in that industry and there's <laughs> yeah, movies That's and... right. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it, there are things that will happen in your life. Most things that will happen in your life, I believe, closure is fictitious, and and I think that, that people's pursuit of closure is, is pointless because they're they're fooling
1: themselves. It's it's a it's a figment. Well, and this was something uh, when we mentioned that last week's film was going to be homework. I kind of tacked this on. I put a rider on the bill, if you rider. will, and Fork. I suggested that people think about closure and what it is to them. So now, here we are. We're ready for your ideas about what closure is, and if you've found any miraculous steps that can move you toward closure more quickly, you know, other than just time healing all wounds, because, and I I mean, I guess from a, a real perspective, I'm not nearly as depressed as I thought I'd be, you know, at this point in my life, having just been pretty much dumped at the altar, or 26 days before being at the altar. And so I guess I am moving toward closure, but, of course, time has passed, you know. So if anybody out there has any instances where they, they, they did something in particular that worked for them, I mean, we'd love to hear it or what your concepts are about this concept of closure. You know, does it exist? Is it real?
0: Well, and I've
1: it real. And and maybe I'm
0: misunderstanding what what, you know, people like Dr. Phil would call closure. But I'm I'm really thinking that there's no such thing as closure. Maybe there's understanding. Maybe there's revelations that you can then, uh, I don't know, come to grips with or, or have thrust upon you, you know, thrust. But, <clears throat> well, I hate to put those words in my mouth. Thrust. That is. And, and I'm talking about, in, in my case, and, and I haven't talked about this on the show at all, but... Uh, briefly on the blog, you, you I, mentioned I it. briefly mentioned on the blog, but, you know, uh, in in 2000, we're now almost, well, over eight years, just over eight years ago, uh, my brother took his own life. He was my older brother. He's the oldest in, in my family. Uh, oldest brother, that is. And... For many, many, many years... Because by definition, your parents would have to be older than him. Mm, no, I'm just saying he's the oldest brother because I've got a sister who's older. Oh, okay. okay. I was just making a bad joke. I'm you're, sorry. You're making an awful joke. Now my closure is, is just totally preempted. I totally shot his closure. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like a porn phrase when the <laughs> guy shoots his closure? So for me, my there can be no closure in the sense that I will never have a, a, an earthly discussion with him. I will never have another... Uh, conversation to the effect of, you know, why did you do that? No, no understanding on earth is going to come to me whatsoever from him. So there will not be any closure. You know, in the cases of relationships, there's maybe the possibility of that, having conversations like that. But in, in my case, there will be no conversation. So the only sense of closure that I could possibly ever reach is a revelation, maybe something that I've understood, maybe something that I've sort of come to grips with. But I don't think that that solves anything. I don't think that it it uh, does anything other than it lets me not dwell upon the subject. But it's it's something that, for me, it's taken literally. Well, I think over the past year or two, I've actually been able to deal with it more. I
1: would say, um, your trip to Baukville was a step in in that direction. Yeah, there
0: are, there are many little steps like that. I mean, in my family, we... Baukville
1: is by the way an
0: antique fair that John went to. Yep. Because why is that important to you? Well, the, the whole antique thing was was my brother was a, a, an antiquer. He enjoyed looking at antiques, and, and he collected uh, old cameras and, and different trinkets and, and uh, little mechanical devices. He was fascinated by those things. And I shared some of those interests with him, and we, we went to Boutville a couple of times together. And, and it was one of those things where everything around me, the, the sights, the sounds, it reminded me of him and the things that he would see and we would talk about and joke about. Um, so that was one of those things that we'd shared, um, and going to that, which I hadn't since he had passed, I I hadn't been there going to that was another one of those steps in that direction of, you know, healing, but there will never be until the day I die. And hopefully there's an afterlife and maybe I can have that conversation with him, but there will never be any earthly closure. I mean, there's no, there's not going to be anything that says, okay, yada, yada, yada happened, and then, boom, there's an answer. I don't think that life even works that way. I don't think that even if there is an afterlife, I don't think afterlife works that way. I think that everything's a continuum, and maybe there's some understanding along that path, and sometimes not. But if people are, are dwelling on searching for this thing, chasing after this thing that will will give them some sort of sense of closure, I think they're chasing false hopes and false dreams.
1: Well, my particular example isn't isn't nearly as um, uh, profound or sad. Maybe um, as, no, I think that yours is is your own, and it, it's not well, it's worse my or own, better. It, it's anyways. different. It's different. That's fine. But I mean, you know, there was a, a loss, you know, in, in my experience, and um, I found that time has certainly, you know, helped quite a bit. And I would be able to have this conversation with her about the why. You know, but I haven 't yet actually occasionally she emails me begging for forgiveness and knowing that i don't hate her, and to which i I just don't reply <laughs> well, maybe no actually I have replied maybe I said, that's her, I said i her don't hate suit of closure because she that's would, her own thing yeah. yeah i I have told her that I don't hate her, but I'm very angry at her and i'm not in i can't forgive her yet and you know she's big on the whole can we be friends thing and i'm i'm not entirely sure where I, I stand on that particular issue now but in response when she has emailed me looking for this this closure of her own i've asked her a few questions and she has yet to answer any of these for me so the closure i'm searching for you know, the answers to these questions since i can have an earthly conversation with her even though she's 4000 or so miles away in a, 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 another country in um, a gulag I haven't been able to get that from her yet, so I don't quite know what's going on there. But either way, um, you know there is loss, and uh, we reel from uh, losses like our EEL. I think is mm-hmm.
0: from from losses like that. Well, that, that's kind of what I was getting at. Is that you know there's whenever you're you're. Dealt uh, a a hand, I guess. I'm going to use that. Throw the metaphors out there. If you're when you're dealt that hand and you're getting something that's unexpected, and you got yourself a crap sandwich in your hand, you you need (laughs) to take a bite. I'm mixing the metaphors. And when you films, when you need to take a bite of that crap sandwich and it tastes really awful. You're looking for a glass of water to wash it out, really.
1: Maybe we've achieved closure when we take a bite of the crap sandwich and it tastes good. You know, maybe that's when we've... No, know. that's denial. <laughs> well, maybe. And maybe we I can find something through metaphor, because I'm
0: thinking maybe if, if you had like a, a nice gargle of scope after the crap crap sandwich... What about Listerine? Well, if you're a Listerine kind of guy, I mean... I don't you're want, a scope I don't, guy? I don't, I don't want to judge you. <laughs> but what the crap sandwich is what i'm talking about if you can get that taste out of your mouth that's what people are searching for and i and i contend that unfortunately everything on this planet is is made somewhat of crap and we're all taking bites at any given time and there is no Listerine on the shelf
1: that's an interesting philosophy isn't it you know um so i guess what you're saying is not everything is all good, you know. Right. And wow, yeah, there's probably a lot of truth to that. And and I even contend that
0: it's it's okay that everything is not good and we should not just say, "Oh yeah, the world is crap and it's it's bad." We should understand that the world is bad because it makes us appreciate the good things that happen all the more. I mean, that's that's all I've got to say about that, and I'm turning into gump. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Actually, we were just talking about Gump a minute ago. Before we uh, hit record on this show, actually, Forrest Gump, there's a lot of life lessons in there too. Actually, a- absolutely about, about closure and 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 not closure, or if this closure exists. But I would certainly ask anyone who's listening who has a story and what, would like to share it with us anonymously, or or what you know, what it, whichever way you're comfortable with about a, a loss and your your efforts to attempt to move toward closure and whether or not you had any success with it. And uh, please, if you have any uh, thoughts along those lines, drop us an email, feedback at and, and Whenever and you send know.
0: mail, you always have to make sure that you include uh, cash. Yes. Yeah,
1: okay i'm
0: I'm sorry, I don't want to go completely
1: commercial because we are absolutely going to get four or five hundred submissions, <laughs> and we're only going to play the ones and talk about the ones that we were, were paid to to play well i mean we're we
0: want to emulate our heroes on the radio. who would that be Well anyone who accepts cash to play stuff <laughs> payola payola and I'm thinking that you know it worked for radio, it should work for podcasting
1: bloodthirsty payolians. well, you know,
0: we are going to start our own country too. Rosie Land, Rosie Land. That was
1: on Mash.
0: What What the hell's that? Rosie
1: had the bar. Uh, it was Rosie's bar, and Hawkeye declared it a, a an independent state, Rosieland. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. Yeah, I watched. No, I watched a old. lot of TV when I was a kid, and uh, probably too much. Far more than I watch now. That's for sure. You didn't watch enough Brady Bunch. I watched them all, I'm sure. Um,
0: I've determined that you haven't watched enough Brady Bunch or Gilligan's Island. I'm pretty sure I've seen all of those
1: as well. What makes you say that?
0: Because you don't love them as much as
1: I do. (laughs) I don't love avant-garde film as much as you do, but I've probably seen a lot of the same films. I think that just makes us individuals. (laughs) Which is wrong, because everyone should be me. Everyone should be like everyone else. So, yeah, you know, if you feel like sharing with us, throw out some stories of loss and, you know, uh, things that you tried to, uh, to overcome that loss with. And, you know, maybe it's just time and maybe time doesn't heal all wounds. Maybe it does. I don't know. I want an answer, damn it! Is there a god? <laughs> I don't think you're going to get closure on that question, Rich. <laughs> exactly but I, why I think there isn't
0: one. And if you're uncomfortable, you know, naming names, that kind of thing. If if this is one of those things, t- it's a difficult
1: step for you to take. You can always phrase it like the names I have a changed. friend of mine who yeah. has a problem. You know, exactly. That Sometimes helps. We will change the names to protect the innocent. Jack Webb is going to come <laughs> to our studio and rewrite it for you. That's the right. names are changed. Da-da-da. What was the theme? The Dragnet like was it the. Dragnet. I can't think of it. I, I'm like at a loss. Was that the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun? Yes, it was. That was Dragnet? That was Dragnet. Okay. Yeah. Not not one of my favorite TV show themes. I was reminded about one of my favorite TV show themes recently. The Mission Impossible theme is is one of my favorites. You, you want to know what my probably one of my absolute favorites was? TV show themes? TV show themes. What? Beretta. Beretta. Keep your eye on the shadow. That's right. <laughs> sparrow. Keep your eye on the sparrow. Or yeah, it would yeah keep your eye on the spare. I don't know till the going gets narrow. You just, really like that theme? I just thought it was great because
0: you know he had the cockatoo and they would have the cut scenes and there was one scene where he gets hit by a car and he's rolling on the ground. And he's Do you know who sang shooting. that
1: theme? I don't. I think it was Sammy Davis Jr. Was that Sammy singing Davis? that song? Oh, yeah. You know what? After the show, YouTubing it. We're going to YouTube it, and I think we're going to find that it was Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, theme from Beretta. So, yeah, anything you got, send it our way. We'd uh, we'd love to share it and uh, be a part of that and uh, share it with our listeners, anonymously or not. And, um, yeah, hopefully we'll get some feedback on this because I, I, I'm just curious what other people really think about this. And, uh, you know, please, please do. Yeah, cool. All right, we've got some more music. Music. What do we got? Interesting stuff. All right, let's play it.
2: I'd rather not just see my time, it's just not free. If I help you, I can't help me to get the stuff I really need. Like a wicked sweet van and a massage chair and a motu pre. We can make excuses from the I know I said I'd give some time But that's just easier than lies You see, my life is so busy If I thought of you, I'd forget me You see, I'm my own charity I could give to you, but it's much more fun When it's all about me We can make excuses from the start Going around what's really hard Sit at home and cry about what's on TV Or walk out and be the change you want to see March out can make excuses from the start, Tip-toe it around what's really hard, sit at home and cry about what's on TV, or walk out and out
1: kind of has a classic war movie vibe
0: doesn't it yeah makes you want to march over a kawaii type <laughs> river
1: I can't whistle anymore. <laughs> that one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Shankar. That
0: was Fort Pastor. Fort, was that the artist? That was the artist's name, and the song was March Out. I think they said that a couple of times.
1: Well, march and out. it had that bass drum that... It was a march. Yeah, exactly. It was very... Um, who was the March-like. Great, who was the great writer of American marches... John Philip Sousa. John Philip Sousa, yeah. Inventor of the Sousaphone. Not a lot of guitars in Sousa's music, but um, nonetheless. Actually, I'm not a big fan of John Philip Sousa, to be honest. No, but... I'm not either.
0: I'm not a fan of marches in particular, but that one was pretty fun. I, I, I like April's know. and May's,
1: however. I'm a big fan of the June and the July in particular, actually. I like February's, January's. I like August. <laughs> not a big fan of the Novembers or the
0: Decembers, though. I love November's and December's. I, you know what? Two favorite months: October, January. What else
1: is there to say? Just tapping my foot, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> waiting. <laughs> oh, whatever. I don't know what that means.
0: This is a show about nothing. What is this? Is
1: no. It was a show about closure. Oh, I'm sorry. So, is actually, the great thing about music and our show is that it ends, so there is closure. <laughs> well, no, I guess our show really our doesn't Our show end. hasn't ended yet. <laughs> it's it's still going. We're 100 and some odd 25, really, We're approaching count the 100 out of 40 Yeah, it's kind of scary, and people are still listening, I think. Mm, I, I still you know, am, kind of. You know what? I haven't shouted out to Chris. You know, Chris, our friend formerly of SUNY. Not Garlic Chris, but Chris... Um, I know. What did I used to call him to differentiate him from Garlic Chris? There was Garlic used to Chris, call him not Garlic Chris. It was not like he, he, Garlic you, put
0: Chris. An exclamation point in front of his symbol, and it's not Garlic Chris.
1: Not an exclamation point would be a bang That's in right. a Unix doc. Bang. Mm-hmm. So I saw a film a couple weeks ago, and it was a film, a documentary. I love documentaries called King Corn, and uh, it's kind of a. Uh, takes a, a questioning look at the, the where agriculture and culture, even culture and agriculture, is going in this country, and it kind of looks at the whole corn industry because corn is everywhere, right? These guys had their hair tested. It was the beginning of the film, and they had their hair tested, and the chemist or whatever who, who had tested their hair – was able to determine that corn was a huge part of their food intake by looking at their hair. Of course, you know, they can find all kinds of toxins and whatnot in hair as well. And the reason most of these guys, you know, a significant portion of the intake of the food of these guys was coming from corn was because corn is everywhere. If you go to a fast food place, the French fries may be cooked in corn oil. Mm Mm-hmm. The sodas are sweetened with corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup. The beef at all the burger joints—they're corn-fed. It's mm. everywhere, and it, now are, not to mention a corn dog. Well, yeah, or just corn on the cob. But I mean, corn—you know—there are all these other grains that are much more nutritionally dense. You know, they've—they have bred this corn that they're growing isn't even edible, right? This corn that they're—it's—it's it's more of a a component. What's the word I want? A um, you know, An ingredient. An ingredient, but what's the what's the word for like you know, a raw material? That's what I want to say. This corn that they grow is almost just a raw material now. It's genetically modified and super bred, and basically they've taken all the nutrition out of it and all they're using it for is its you know, like sweetening, you know, uh properties and stuff like that. And of course America has all these obesity problems and whatnot, and it's all related to that. And so these two guys, Aaron Wolf, and I, I forgot the other guy's name, it's in here somewhere. They made a movie about growing an acre of corn, and they were going to then follow it through its half-life as a, a, an ingredient in making these other things and beyond. And while it was really difficult for them to do that, you know, once they got to the green elevator, it was kind of hard to know, you know, where this kernel was going or where that kernel was going. But they did break it down into what percentage goes into, like, feeding cattle and what percentage goes into ethanol or corn oil manufacture, and it was pretty, uh, it, it was pretty telling. These guys were inspired by an author that I've read. There's a a a botanist out there named Michael Pollan. I think I've talked about him before. Yeah, and the book that he wrote that I read and was really really uh, blown away by was something called The Botany of Desire. And uh, it's a wonderful book. And these guys were inspired by Pollan. And uh, his work, and they, they ended up making this film, you know, looking at corn production in America. In addition to, you know, us uh, completely ignoring the nutritional components of this, they also looked at the government subsidi- subsidiaries and the, the paybacks. Basically subsidies, the, yeah. Subsidies. To, to basically, to grow corn, you're growing it at a loss, you know. Once you, uh, you know, I've, well, you know the math here. Once you add in your fertilizer and your seed and all that and what you sell the corn for at market, that you're operating at a loss without the government subsidies, which is which is interesting too. And one of the guys uh, from the Nixon administration, I forget his name, but he was one of the guys who kind of moved uh, agriculture from paying farmers not to grow things to paying farmers to grow things, and that's kind of where these corn subsidies came from. This this particular uh, Department of Agriculture head from the 1973. And he's actually quite proud of what he did, but there's a couple of interesting ironies in what he did. He got it so that Americans pay a much smaller percentage of their income to buy food, but they're also buying less nutritionally dense foods. So, and, you know, of course we have the obesity problem that we have and whatnot. So, yeah, we're paying less for food because so much of what we, not me actually, but so much of what, you know, people who just go to the grocery store and, and you know, don't necessarily think about what they're consuming yes, a smaller part of their income is spent on their food, but is, is that better? <laughs> you know, and I, for me, the answer is no, which is why I, I shop at Whole Foods markets. And I, I would be interested in having my hair tested and see what percentage of my diet is, you know, comes from corn. Cause I, I would be willing to bet it's significantly smaller, you know, cause I don't do a lot of processed foods and things like that.
0: Well, and, and, you know, even uh, as a vegetarian, um, eating some of those veggie burgers and those kinds of things, I'm sure there's a, a large component to them that is corn. Right. Oh, there's oh, I'm some sure binders there in there. Right. I, I have pretty much cut out all uh, artificial sweeteners from my diet in, over the past several years because, though not not talking about the, the, the chemical sorbitol type type things, I'm talking about the, uh, the high fructose corn syrup things mm-hmm. um, because sugar upsets my stomach and it's just empty calories to me and whenever now I, I take a sip of any of those like kool-aid type things or anything like if uh one time um my Has wife jim jones been urging you to take the kool-aid uh, just stay away from the brown kool-aid all right um but we we're had, combining <laughs> jim jones and woodstock I, i'm i'm mixing metaphors again but i i uh i had a, a can of coke once where we we uh, we got a regular and now Coke. are we're, now we're talking about a Clarence Thomas, right? I mean, we're, we're going <laughs> there have, now. Didn't have any hairs on it. I had a, a can of regular Coke. And when you look at the side of it, it's got tons and tons and tons of calories when you would think that most, most of it's water. But no, all that sugar, the, the corn syrup, you take a sip of it after not having it for several years, it makes you ill. It makes you sick to your stomach. Because it's so sweet and so heavy Right and and I makes, haven't had regular oh, soda in years Oh, it's awful so, You know, there
1: was another interesting synchronicity in this film The two guys who made this film And uh, one of them was Aaron Wolfe I, I don't have the other guy's name it, They went to Iowa They're, They were going to film school in Boston, I think And they decided to go to Iowa to grow corn Which is a great state to grow corn in, of course, right? It's one of the leading corn-producing states But another reason they chose the caucuses, caucuses. Indeed. And one of the reasons that they chose the particular town that they went to to grow their acre of corn was because it turned out, quite coincidentally, that each of them had a great grandparent who was a farmer or a a businessman in this town which is a That's pretty bizarre. bizarre coincidence. So they ended up going to this town. Ta- One of their great-grandfathers owned a tractor making company and it was like steam tractors, you know, with the big steel wheels and stuff. I mean, they had some on display that his, you know, great-grandfather's company used to make. It was kind of cool, you know, a nice interesting slice of history there. It's kind of like looking back in history and finding out that George Bush is somehow related to Obama.
0: Oh, wait, that's true. <laughs> Obama bin Laden? What? No, I, th- I, th- I think they actually did that. I don't know if it was, a, it was George Bush. It was someone else. Yeah. But I think there was some ownership involved. In so that.
1: there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in this film. Once they revealed that synchronicity, it was kind of cool. And one of the things in this film that was a lot of fun for me was he took some of the... Um, name one of the companies that makes like different toys. Um, Hasbro. Hasbro or something. Yeah, one of those guys. You know, they could have spent millions of dollars on doing computer animations for this film to, like, you know, demonstrate the, the different things they wanted to demonstrate. You know, like, we're growing... Our yields um, on uh, When we grow corn now Our output is much higher Than it was then Because we have these Super fertilizers and all that And they were showing it graphically So they could have spent A lot of money And done it with computer graphics But they took one of these Like play school Farmhouse toys It comes with the little animals And the tractor We had one of those yeah And they would do stop motion They must have spent hours Doing this But they did stop motion With their little digital camera And they, they demonstrated All of these little points That they wanted to make With these really clever Little animations Just as effective As if ILM had done them with you know supercomputers and you know their Death Star Linux rendering farm, but just the fact that they took the time to do those little stop motion things, I thought it was really cool. It gave the film a nice little touch. But well, I mean, if they if contracted with ILM, they would have had to put like ewoks in it, yeah. And Dennis Murin would have been in it too, and that would have been a little scary. And he's got a weird haircut, I don't know. I don't, he scares me a little. He reminds me a little bit of the uh, the killer in the film we reviewed last week, actually. Your friends. <laughs> So anyway, if you're interested in the kinds of things that Michael Pollan writes about and uh, you know where your food is coming from, this is an interesting and humorous, very, very funny, pleasant little documentary these two guys did. Uh, 2007 film, United States, not rated, 88 minutes long. Very nice. I, uh, I would recommend it. And how would you recommend it? With what appendage? Um, a Greens Endeavor beer bottle. Pointing upward, Man, I got to get rid of those. They've been hanging around for about a week. I know. They've got the skunk thing going on, dude. You're killing me over I'm, I'm here. I'm growing uh, plants and funguses. <laughs> what are you into? Sports, molds, and fungus? What movie is that from? I don't
0: know. You watch Ghostbusters. Those, those, those crazy films with the girls in the tassels.
1: <laughs> I do. <laughs> All on YouTube. Anyway, this is Rich Wilgus. John Tellerico, You've been listening to Bloodthirsty Vegetarians right here on... Bloodthirsty Vegetarian on your Radio computer. on your computer or iPod. Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Hey, send us mail. I'm sick of this no mail stuff. Feedback at bloodyveg.com. Check out the forum, bloodyveg.com slash forum and contribute Ocean Blue. We know you're out there. Ocean Blue. It's one of our new persons who hasn't posted yet well it's probably because that person is a spam bot it could, i don't think this one, i think that one was real because i emailed them anyway amanda monaco we love you remember you're listening to the vib